Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Radio. I'm Nick Pollock, and I'm your host tonight, which means... Oh, yes. That means that the Puck Podcast <laughs> is making its triumphant return to your ears... Season 2. ...and to your hearts. Season 2 is here. Oh, Season 2 is so very here. Of course, since this is a hockey podcast, that means I'm joined by our very, very good hockey boy. That's Mr. Doug Leeson. Doug, how you doing? I'll blush every single time you say that, Nick. I'm doing great. Oh, that's so great to hear. And we're lucky enough tonight to not only be joined by Doug, but also by the president and vice president of the very best student section in college hockey. That would, of course, be the Roar Zone. So tonight with us, we have Roar Zone president Kara Walters and vice president Matt Moran. How you two, how you two doing this fine evening? We're doing great. Yeah, I'm doing well. Good. Good to hear. Now, full disclosure... We did have Chris and Sam set quite a lofty standard last year when they came on the podcast. So there that was our best episode. That, that definitely was our best episode. Yeah, there is definitely some pressure here on you guys to really deliver a fantastic quality podcast here. Do you feel up to it? Oh, yeah. We can I, totally uh, beat them. I'm feeling it. I think Sam might have set the bar high, but I think we can uh, we can get past it. Good. At least, at least we're all in agreement that it was Sam, but definitely not Chris. Um, you might so, have heard the uh, the old main bell in the background there, so the stars are aligning. We are off to a great start. It's great, it's great ambiance. I love it. Um, so before we kind of get into talking about Penn State hockey, uh, let's talk about Kara and Matt. Let's just talk about your journey as fans to get to the point that you're at now. How did you two get into hockey? We can start with Kara. Uh, well, I went to State High, and uh, we had a pretty good hockey team. My sophomore and junior year um so I started going to hockey games and I fell in love with it the first game and then I just continued on and now I'm here uh yeah when I was I got into through the NHL games and then one of my friends actually asked me to play on his roller hockey team so I figured why not and then uh after go you know playing for a little bit I decided to go watch our high school team which we were traditionally really good at that and uh yeah I just got involved through that way what school is awesome. that, Matt? Uh, Parkland High School. It's in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh, no kidding. I, I went to Freedom. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah Parkland yeah, was... Yeah, Parkland was excellent. A traditionally a powerhouse in high school hockey, so... Man, we're, we're just learning so much already. This is fantastic. <laughs> so, <clears throat> obviously, you for the entirety of the time that you guys have been at Penn State, we have had a D1 hockey team, which is awesome. Lucky for you guys. I only got it for two years and only one year in the new arena. Um, so what led you to join the Roar Zone? Well, I joined the Roar Zone um, mainly because my one of my good friends, Anna, um, her and I decided to sit in the Roar Zone one game, and then these two girls turned around and started talking to us, hit it off immediately. I actually live with them now. They're like my best friends. Um, and they're like, do you want to go to the Roar Zone meeting? Um, so we went to the meeting, met Chris and Sam and Kyle and all them, um, and got super involved with it that way. And now I'm here as president. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I actually transferred from Penn State Altoona, so I didn't. Uh, I wasn't at Maine for the full four years, but when I came up here last year, I, you know, I thought something to be involved in would be the student section. And uh, sure enough, I went to the first meeting, and I was instantly like hooked by that. So it was something I really wanted to be a part of. Awesome. So. What then, because I mean, I know I've been a part of student sections for various sports, and 
I never really felt the draft to feel the need to become a president or vice president. What what led you guys to making that decision to go for that? Um, my freshman year, I actually went to Bowling Green in Ohio, um, and I wanted to major in sports management, and I wanted to work with the hockey team. I had everything set up with their equipment manager, and then about three weeks into the school year, he told me I couldn't do it because I was a girl. Um, oh. So it became very, very petty after that, and so I transferred home. Um, here to Penn State and so when I like joined the Roar Zone got into their meetings um, and then Kyle talked about elections when he graduated and then Chris eventually graduated I kind of fell into that spot and I was gonna fight anyone for that spot <laughs> uh, yeah and I was just with overall my first year here I was just honestly blown away with the whole experience with you know how close we got with the team and how much fun it was and uh, I thought if I could, you know, be in a position where I can replicate that for, you know, either incoming freshmen or transfer students, I thought that would be something that I would really be proud to be a part of. And uh, sure enough, some friends were like, you should, you should run for vice president. And I decided to and inevitably landed the position. And some more context for some more context for Penn State fans. If you ever see a video of a Penn State hockey highlight on Twitter and my heart will go on is playing in the background, that's probably a video <laughs> Matt made. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things I started doing with uh, the hockey highlights specifically. <laughs> and they're beautiful every single time. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, it's I mean, it sounds like you two are very much up for the job of president and vice president, so glad to have you leading the best student section in college hockey. Actually, before um, we go on, I do have a bone to pick. So mm-hmm. last year when I covered the team, I spent half the time in the press box and half the time in the roar zone. This year, I couldn't get my tickets because he sold out too fast. <laughs> how, of, how did that happen? A lot of people were worried with that because last year we had a problem with Ticketmaster and it took, I don't know, two hours for it to sell out. So yeah, definitely. we were really worried this year. Um, and then we got a text message from Athletics being like, we sold out already. And my jaw dropped and I'm still <laughs> blown away. Yeah, that was, that was really, that's like, Am I right in assuming that's like one of the first kind of big events you've had as yeah. president, vice president, yeah. and it oh, went perfectly? I think it went perfectly for most people. Then yeah. I'm uh, not going to be in the war zone this year. Yeah, but no, be. no hard feelings. <laughs> we'll sneak you in. Don't worry. All right, thank you. But but overall, because you're vice president, Matt, so we can basically blame it on you then, because it's definitely not the president's fault. Right, president's never the fall guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Um, Traditionally, I think the president takes blame for most things, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll man up and take the blame for it. So thinking more big picture hockey, uh, do either of you have a favorite NHL team? Philadelphia Flyers, unfortunately. Oh, thank God. And uh, I'm a Boston Bruins fan. Interesting. My uh, fiance's father is also a Boston Bruins fan, but Excellent. there's no rhyme or reason to it. That's much better than uh, Chris and Sam. I think we're actually off to a better start. Oh, pens and Savers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also a Flyers fan. Oh, gosh. Uh, future's yeah. here. The future is here. Uh, well, I'm a Colorado Avalanche, so I, I don't have a future. But well, yeah. you, The future's Dennis. Dennis, Dennis yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We, we all, we'll always have Dennis. Um, and then the last one of the second to last question I'm going to ask you guys before we get into Penn State hockey. What is your favorite Roar Zone chant? Hmm. Uh, probably it's all your fault just because I feel like that's like our classic that's what people know us as and then during our meetings um, when we go over chance I ask everyone if they watch the Stanley Cup finals between 
penguins in Nashville. And when everyone says yes, and I tell them, Nashville, that's all your fault. It got it from us. So. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say I have a tie between it's all your fault just because it's, you know, the trademark thing. And uh, I'm also a huge fan of the uh, if you're winning and you know it chant. Uh, for those of you who aren't <laughs> familiar with it, if uh, Penn State's up by a couple goals in the third period, we uh, will all point to the lovely away fans and sing, if you're winning and you know it, clap your hands, and we'll clap our hands. And then the next verse is, if you're losing and you know it, clap your hands, and then we'll all point, occasionally chiming in with uh, possibly you suck. But it's a fun <laughs> chant. Gets a lot of reactions out of them. That's, that's what good college fan camaraderie is all about, screaming you suck at people. Oh, that's that's what hockey's really about. <laughs> most certainly. Um, so last question for you guys for the interview portion of tonight's podcast. Um, what is each of your favorite Penn State hockey memories? That's a tough one. Oh, my goodness. Probably Cincinnati um, when we played against Union, and everyone told us that we were going to get obliterated, and then <laughs> we walked in with a 10-3 win, and that I still blows my mind. Yeah, just um... – for me, it's probably the Big Ten championship game against Minnesota. Um, you know, Minnesota, obviously, all season, they kind of had our number. And I think uh, beating them in overtime and then going to the championship and winning, I think that was probably just uh, incredible. I mean, the best way I could describe it was uh, there's an old Jim Houston call that he says, it's a wonderful day for an exorcism. And I think, <laughs> I think that sums it up pretty well. When we had Chris and Sam on last time, they this was before the postseason, and they both said their favorite moment was against Minnesota last year when uh, uh, Smirnov scored the or yeah Smirnov oh, had the penalty oh. shot to take the lead with that was with thirty seconds left. And then just the end of that game was just that ruined for me. I was yeah. oh. that was the best like ten seconds yeah. of hockey, and then it was all erased. But the, the, yeah, yeah, that, that was their answer. But I I, I would bet they would uh, they would agree with you guys. The last last postseason was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, but that Smirnoff penalty shot, even still, that uh, just watching that still gives me goosebumps oh, just thinking about mm-hmm. that moment. That was unbelievable. I've mm-hmm. never heard Pagula so loud before when he scored that. That was, right. that was crazy. Incredible, the roof. You knew he was scoring, too. There was no doubt. Oh, it's no same, doubt. It's yeah. the same move every time. I, whenever I, uh, <laughs> if I make those highlight videos, I did one at Dennis, and I noticed the same thing he does every time on that breakaway, and it works every time. Yeah, I remember he had like three or four breakaways last year. Every time it was leg kick, backhand, yep. five hole. Just let it slide through the five hole. Yeah, yep. and it worked every time. And that goalie looks back, <laughs> and he's. Oh. It was pretty much that ended up actually being what folks used in the uh, against Wisconsin. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. if it works, it works. Certainly. Yeah. So moving on to some actual Penn State hockey analysis. Not that we don't love learning about both of you, but this way when we have you on again. Everyone already know who you are, and we can jump right in. So, Doug has been putting together a preview series on RoarLinesRoar.com. Yesterday being Monday, he previewed the incoming freshman class. Um, And today being Tuesday, he previewed the forwards. Tomorrow being Wednesday, when you're probably going to be listening to this, uh, the defensive preview will be out. But he put together a um, kind of what he sees as the most likely lineup for the season. I'm going to read it off here, and Karen, Matt, I want your thoughts on how good of a job you think Doug did putting this all together. <laughs> <clears throat> so, we have a line of Smirnoff, Berger, and Sturtz. We have a line of Byro, Barrett, and Susie's. We have a line of Marsh, Limoge, and Folks. 
we have a line of Murray, Pavlichev, and Robinson. And then you have Gober, Kohler, Mendelssohn, and Sternschein as <clears throat> sitting sitting on the bench. And then the defensive pairings, we have Audio well, let's, and Holtz. Let's uh, just start with the forwards. Oh, you want to um, start with the forwards? All right. Yeah, All so right. A, a note I included in the article today is that Godowski insists a lot that he doesn't really have a line one, line two, three, four. It's more just kind of anybody can play in any situation, even though each line has its own strengths. Um, this kind of how I picture the lines, uh, as I noted also today, being Tuesday, uh, the, the top six, five of them already have a lot of chemistry together, and then the freshman Evan Barrett, I just kind of slotted in there, even though that second line, or you know, what is listed as the second line center could be Limoges or Susie's or even Pavlichev, but that's kind of my uh, outline for the lineup, and I'm curious what you guys think about you know, if that seems successful or what changes you would make um, and kind of what you're expecting from the offense this year. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's so it's unpredictable, but I definitely think that, you know, the first line right there, that brings a lot of firepower with Sturts and Smirnov, obviously, on the wings. And then Berger is a reliable guy who can, you know, set him up for that. So I think that could definitely get a lot of points. And the second line, I like I said, I mean, you, you know, Byro, he can score. Susie, he picked it up in the tournament. I think he had two, three goals against Union, something like that. Um, and then Barrett, I mean, obviously he's a freshman and he hasn't even touched the ice yet, but, I mean, clearly getting drafted by the Blackhawks, a premier team from the Western Conference, I think. Yeah, they original see, 16. They see something in him. So, I mean, obviously that's – he could very well play second, third, I mean, first line, whatever it is. Um, getting deeper, I think that Folks and Marsh would definitely – they played – they stepped up in the tournament and I think – you know, they definitely add that depth. Um, and then finally, the fourth line, definitely <laughs> the bigger bodies with uh, Robinson as a grinder, Pavlichev with his, you know, two-way forward and just being six seven, and then Murray, too, who's also a big guy. I think, you know, having a fourth line like that, you really wear down the other team, and that could, you know, even lead to some goals from that standpoint if they get tired and get outbodied. Yeah, what I'm actually probably most curious about in this lineup is what Evan Barrett really is going to be because obviously he hasn't played college and it's hard to find highlights of uh, the U.S. development team. Um, but the projections I've read about him is he, he might be like a college-level Patrice Bergeron-type player where he's defense. Yeah, you know, you could always <laughs> use one of those. He's very defensively sound and then also chips in as a, as a playmaker with, you know, he's, he's going to have two scorers on his, on his wings. Um, but also I could see Barrett moving down to that fourth line and strictly playing defense and playing on the penalty kill. But uh, Barrett and, and Limoges, and that's us guessing how to pronounce it, I'm uh, very curious to see how, how Godowski uses the freshman, but that's that's at least my guess is they're going to be the second and third centers there. Um, I'm super excited to see how Sturt and Smirnov play this year. Um, definitely big powerhouses last year, um, so I can only imagine how they're going to do after the offseason. And I'm super excited for the freshmen just to see how they fit up into our lineups, and I'm pretty excited about that. What do you guys think about uh, Smirnov and how long he might stick around college? Well, it's something I want uh, to think about. Yeah, I was just about <laughs> to say. Maybe it's a little early for that. Uh, Stay away from the abs as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. I, you know, as much as you want to see him you know, go to the NHL and just succeed, but at the same time, you're losing, like, one of your top forwards. I think he set the Big Ten point record last year as a freshman, and that's just having a person like that who night in and night out will consistently get points is just something that just makes you 
go into every hockey game thinking, huh, you know, we could put up five goals tonight against Michigan, or seven, you know? There's never enough against Michigan. Uh, every single one of them is it, enjoyable. Most certainly. <laughs> so, Doug, if it's okay with you, move on to the defensive pair. Oh, yes, please. All right, so Doug has, and this is a preview. We haven't even released these yet. This is exclusive. We have Audio and Holtz. We have Kerr and Trevor Hamilton. We have, oh, I'm going to mess it up again now. We have Malari and Stevens. And then we have Gobetz, uh, Hamilton, and Pilowitz waiting in the wings. Um, how do you guys think Doug did there? Audio, I, I can see him. I can see him pairing up. Maybe with Trevor. I don't know. I feel like Trevor's going to be one of our best defensemen this year. Trevor can do anything. Yeah. I love that. He, yeah, he's so much. He's, he's probably, after Vince Petrie, who obviously went to the AHL last year, I think he's been our most fun defenseman to watch. Yeah. Oh, certainly. He can play the body and he can put the puck in the net. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a solid lineup. I mean, the defense, really, it's it, it's just a bunch of interchangeable parts. I mean, you could stick any of those guys in any position, and I think they would do you know just fine. Uh, it, it brings up the question if you want to put Hamilton on the top line with audio and have a very dominating first defensive pairing. Um, and then the other question is, do you want to put the freshman Holtz on the first line to get some experience? I mean, obviously he got drafted by the Kings, uh, another premier NHL team. Um, so clearly they see something in him. But, I mean, even Kerr, Malari, and uh, Stevens, I mean, it – Really, I think it doesn't really matter where they play. I think in any scenario, I think they will do just fine. Right. Hypothetically, I have Eric Audio on the top pair and Chris Malari on the on the third pair, but like, I don't really know how much of a difference it would be if they switched spots because yeah, they certainly at least you can pick out four guys: Audio, Kerr, Trevor Hamilton, and Chris Malari. And, I mean, they're all very, very solid in everything they do. Holtz is Holtz and Stevens are freshmen, and they're you know kind of gambles. Hopefully, they turn out well, but. I mean, even with the loss of PG, I'm pretty excited about this because they still have a very deep uh, defensive core. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, when you talk about Penn State, I think they, if you look at their defensive core, it's a lot of puck-moving defensemen and it's a lot of offensive defensemen. And I think, obviously, Vince was a pretty good example of that last year. But, I mean, even Kerr and Audio, they can play both ways and put the puck in the net. Trevor can hit it from the point and put it in. So, I... It, I like it a lot more than a, a bunch of stay-at-home D-men because it's cool to see them get involved in the play. But, uh, yeah, I think it's also a double-edged sword, though, because obviously playing up, that can sometimes lead to odd man rushes, and you get burnt from that. But I think they're experienced enough to take the good with the bad more so. <laughs> I was going to ask about two of the guys in here. Um, and since you guys brought them up already, it works perfectly the idea of having audio and moving Hamilton up to that front line, I think is interesting because I think we're all in agreement that Hamilton's main uh, value is as, is as a defensive defenseman, not necessarily an offensive, although he can obviously contribute in that way. But assuming that that pairing is on the ice a good amount of time with Smirnoff, Berger, and Sturts, that's a pretty creative top line, one that probably would be able to survive fairly easily without having a more of an offensive look from their defensemen that are with them. So, I mean, I think that's an interesting idea of just getting a really, really stout uh, top defensive pairing there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you talk about 
I think it was a couple of years ago. It was Ryan Suter and Shea Weber. I mean, <laughs> when you have a deep pairing like that, you know, it's it almost. Yeah, I mean, audio and Hamilton's basically the same as that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, in, in terms of like, yeah, the. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe a little bit of a far contrast, uh, comparing, but I think with that kind of defense, you know, you can really get your opponent frustrated with not getting chances and then just get it up to your forwards and then they can do the work from there. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's, it sounds kind of crazy to say that Penn State would have, you know, players that can match up with Minnesota and Notre Dame already, but, like, if you put those five on the ice, I don't know who in the Big Ten is, is better with a, the with a starting five. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Now, see, the other guy I wanted to ask about was Chris Malari. Now, I like to consider myself a slightly more than average hockey fan for Penn State. I know I'm not not nearly the level as Doug, but I watch it from most I, of the games. I, and I'm not near the level as, as Kara and Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're the king and queen of this one. But um, one thing I feel like the average Penn State hockey fan, maybe someone doesn't watch every single game, they tune in once in a while or head over to a game once in a while, I feel like Chris Malari is that guy that kind of flashes on the defensive end because he's the guy that I don't know probably the best offensive player they have of the defensemen um, and I know you said audio and malaria could very easily be switched out in your perceived lineup um, but Kara I'm curious what you think about what's in store for him this year I know that he definitely picked up his game towards the end of the season especially I think he had what blue line goal in the Union Against- game Union Denver, yeah, one of them. it was Union. Yeah, it was. Um, and I know that the crowd that we had there in Cincinnati absolutely went crazy because it was just very reminiscent of Vince Petrie. Um, so I definitely feel like after this off season, he's going to be ten times better, and I can't wait for this defense. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought Malari kind of got off to a slow start last year. He, he you know, yeah, uh, Godowski obviously trusted him to start him in most of the games as a freshman, but. I didn't think he was he was that great for me the first quarter of the season, but I actually think he was, you know, definitely one of our maybe top three defensemen in the in the tournaments at the end of the year. He ended up with I think eight goals, which I think ties the most Penn State has had in a season from a defenseman, um, and that was just as a freshman. So he definitely I think is going to have a, a huge year. Yeah, great. And then finally we have our goalies, our dear sweet Peyton Jones leading the way, and then we have Chris Funky and. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know Ehrlichman's first name, but Ehrlichman nah, nah. is there as well. Uh, so, obviously, we've seen a lot of Peyton Jones. We know Peyton Jones is pretty unbelievable most of the time he's in net. We've seen some pretty good things out of Funky as well. What's the outlook for this group? Jones. I was going to say, I'm going to be honest, I don't... Obviously, <laughs> last year was one of my first years at Penn State, so I really only got to see Peyton uh, play a lot. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously towards the end of the year, he was un- unreal in the Big Ten tournament. He was outstanding. I mean, if he brings half of that to this year, I think he's going to be one of, the one of if not the top goalie in, in the oh, Big Ten. Easily. He always remains calm. I don't think I've ever seen him break a sweat Flustered worrying about that. anything. And I know that Funky fear before dug us out some holes when we had Scoff, but... <laughs> I'm not sure if he'll start much with Jones in net. Yeah, that's an article coming on 
Thursday. Uh, it's it's about the goalies, but it's really just about Peyton Jones. And kind of the question I'm asking is, goalies develop very oddly. They're very hard to predict, so you, you, you can't really figure out if they're going to get better every year or if they're just equally good throughout their junior and then college, then NHL or professional career. So um, obviously Jones improved over the course of last year, but hopefully he has another level to get to if, if Penn State actually wants to, you know, obviously they want to, but if they are going to have a chance to win like a national championship, I think Jones will need to, will need to go to a, uh, a higher level, but um yeah, it's, re- it's really hard to predict how he will fare this year, especially with you know a great offensive team like Notre Dame joining the Big Ten. So we have to play them four times uh, in the in the regular season. But yeah, I'm excited for Jones. I- I'm hoping he can be somehow even better than he was in his freshman year. I mean, even still though, with those goalies too. I mean, Baring obviously you never want to see that, but Baring something you know Peyton can't play a night for something like that. I mean, you still have Funky or Ehrlichman to rely on, and I mean it's not like. They can stop the puck, too, you know, obviously. We didn't get to see much of them, but I think it's always nice having a reliable backup that you can go to, even if, you know, if your goalie has a bad night or, you know, he can't play for some reason. Definitely. That was a luxury we had last year. Definitely not the years before that with the three-man rotation of Scoff, McAdam, and either Musico or Funky. Yeah, it's really nice to be able to go into a season and know that you have a – potential future star, I mean, he's already a star, potential even brighter star um, going in with Peyton Jones. And speaking of Peyton Jones and Dennis Smirnoff, they were both named to the 2017-2018 Big Ten Hockey preseason watch list for the All-Big Ten team. They were the only two Nittany Lions to make the list. Um, Minnesota had four that made the list, including Tyler Sheehy, who haunts my dreams most nights. (laughs) Um, Michigan had three, Notre Dame had three. Ohio State had two, including frickin' Mason Jobst, and Wisconsin also had three. Michigan State is notably not on there. Yes. (laughs) Um, My question is, did Penn State get robbed in any area here? I mean, defending Big Ten champs, only two guys on this list, most of the team back. Should they have more? Yeah. (laughs) I definitely feel by bias coming here, but I, I do feel like we got robbed a little bit um, just because I know a lot of people said that this was a fluke year for us, so I feel like coming into this season the guys are going to be super hungry to prove everyone wrong, that that wasn't just a fluke year, that we're a good, solid team. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it. this is such a tough one. I mean, obviously... As much as I dislike Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State, I think the Big Ten overall is, uh, I'll go out and say, one of, if not the best college hockey conferences in, in the country, maybe barring uh, the WC, whatever, no accent. Yeah. Uh, but so to pick a team of however many gentlemen are on this team out of all of that talent is, is difficult. So I think it's awesome to see, obviously, Peyton and Dennis make it. And I, I think definitely more players could have made. I think Sturts could have made on there. Yeah, uh, I think Sturts got robbed. Sturtz, yeah. Audio, any of them. So I think, but like I said, I understand why. They're in, they're in very good company with those players. Yeah, I, th- I thought Sturts got robbed of a uh, being a Hobie Baker nominee last year, and I think he should have been on this list as well. Um, but otherwise, not really any huge problems with it, except 
there were what two unanimous selections and neither were Smirnov. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that he's was... going to lead the Big Ten in points. He's, he yeah. should have been a unanimous selection. But otherwise, you know, what there are only two. Yeah, there are two goalies on the list, and Peyton's one of them. So that's you know that's another good call, I think. Most definitely. And in the end, this is just another preseason watch list, so it really doesn't matter all that much. But it's a good, it's a good heat check on what <laughs> um, outside people are thinking about the team. Um, continuing that theme, we had the Big Ten preseason rankings um, in order. They were Minnesota, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Penn State at number four, Ohio State, Michigan, and lowly Michigan State. Fourth? Oh. Uh, I, when I saw that, that made me a little angry. Oh, I understand Notre Dame. I'm kind of afraid of Notre Dame. Um, and maybe Minnesota, but not Wisconsin. That. I, oh no, I I think fourth too. I I understand Notre Dame's coming from the hockey East, which I mean I I didn't even mention with the Big Ten uh, being one of the premier ones, but uh, I it's their first year, and I think they lost Cal Peterson. So I, or did they lose Cal Peterson? They did. Yeah, they did. So they lost their best goalie. So I obviously it's a preseason poll, so it's yet to see. But yeah, no, I agree with Kara as well. Wisconsin, I think Penn State handled them in just about every one of the games they played under the exception of maybe one. And, uh, yeah, I think for a defending champ to be fourth, that's uh, a tad disrespectful, but, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, and I think that's motivation for them probably more so than anything. And Wisconsin also lost Luke Cunning to – who was he, who's he played God. for? Oh, my goodness. Uh, what position oh, does he play? Oh, geez, he was a center or left wing. Center or left wing. Yeah, we're oh. – Oh, that's going to bother me. Anyway, I think I thought he was the best player in the Big Ten last year, and, he, and Wisconsin doesn't have him anymore, and they were worse than Penn State last year, and now they're yeah. ranked higher. So that's that's a little crazy. They got Kyle Hayton, the uh, goalie from, from St. Lawrence, who might be better than Peyton Jones, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's enough to uh, rank him higher. Obviously, as you said, this is a preseason poll, and, but still, the hockey season doesn't start for like 10 days, so we need to be angry about something. <laughs> He went to the wild, by the way. I just, the yeah, I just oh, looked that up, okay. actually, too. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say that. I, I thought it was, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't say anything. But, oh well. Um, on the flip side, in the USCHO poll, they were a little kinder to Penn State. They have them ranked 10th. The only Big Ten teams ranked ahead of them are Minnesota at 3 and Notre Dame at 8. Wisconsin comes in at 12 behind Penn State. Um, Ohio State at 19 and that, yeah, and that's it for the Big Ten and the USHO poll, um, USCHO poll. So that feels that feels right, I think. Yeah, definitely. Maybe a tad low, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine I'll with that. I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, ten's ten's not bad. We're ahead of Union. Yeah, we're ahead of Union. Yes, we're ahead of Union. I think Ohio State, all the rankings Ohio State's getting, is that's uh, kind of a joke. They, I think so, too. They lost Very literally everyone on the team. They lost three goalies. They lost, I think, a third of their scoring. Uh, they lost I, the hardest-hitting defenseman. What's yeah. The, what's his name? The guy who they said was too, hitting too hard for college hockey. Hmm. I forget his name, but... Yeah, I think Michigan's going to be a lot better than Ohio State, but... Against preseason poll, and they had a good year last year, so they, they get to be on the polls at the start of this year. But uh, the Buckeyes, I don't think, are going to be any good. Oh, I don't um, think so either. I think they had a really good season last year. I mean, as much as I dislike them as a team, I think they played Minnesota they Duluth. Beat. They played Minnesota Duluth very well. I was watching that game previously, and that was 
a very good game. But, yeah, no, I agree. I think they lost a lot of talent, and I think come opening night they might uh, they might be dropping in the top 20. Is Nick Schelke still in school? No. Oh, I'm going to tentatively say no. No, because he would have been on the uh, preseason watch list. Oh, thank the Lord. All right. I'm going to guess he's with, like, Calgary or somebody. That's not right. Um, yeah, doesn't matter. That's Carolina. Not, I, I want him. I want him further west than that. Even I need him. I need him. I need him in gone. Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have all these rankings. We have the preseason watch list, the fourth rank of the Big Ten, the number ten in the USCHL. We've talked about all these different lineup combinations, but it all boils down to really one question. How far is Penn State going to go this year? Ooh, knock on wood. I hope it's far. Um, <laughs> I think we have a lot to prove, um, and especially with Notre Dame and us playing four times. Um, I think that's going to add some difficulty to the schedule. But I'm, I'm excited. We're going to take one game at a time um, and not look too far into the future, but hopefully far. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think Penn State has what it takes to, you know, hang out with the hang with the traditional college hockey powerhouses when like Notre Dame, uh, North Dakota. I mean, even Denver. Um, I do know they lost a decent amount of talent, if I recall correctly, from the yep. draft. Yeah, they yeah. gained it all back. They gained it all back, <laughs> but still, I think, you know, and we still have, I mean, by all means, a pretty young team. So I think when you get that experience, and if you keep that up this year. You know, you're setting yourself up for greatness. Yeah. My my prediction, it's going to be the opposite of last year. I don't think Penn State's going to do as well in the Big Ten tournament because of the new format. I think they might get a a lower seed and have to play on somebody else's campus. So I don't think we're going to have the same Big Ten tournament run, but I do think Penn State's going to have the depth and experience to go to the Frozen Four this year. Oh, boy. That's that's my hot take. I mean, Doug dropping fire. I mean, Love it. Autumn is officially here. Yeah, Penn State, they're hosting it too, technically, for the regional, I think. Uh, it's in Allentown, I think, for the regional. Yeah, that's right. So, home ice. That makes you think. <laughs> makes you think. Love it. Love that prediction. Um, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to give every single piece of possible prediction content that we have on one podcast because we're going to be back again next week um but Kara and Matt because I I don't know maybe you will be back next week I don't know but in the event that you are not is there are there any final things that you two would like to discuss I do I do have a question for the group lovely what the heck's Casey Bailey gonna do this year is he on the Islanders right now? He got, he got cut from the Islanders. Ooh. He got waived wow. on his uh, tryout or whatever. On the Islanders, Jesus. Yeah. Brutal. Honestly, I don't know. I think he's going to do well one game, and then the next game, it's like they don't want him. I don't know. I, 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 don't have, know. I have the same take I have about every young player not on the team. Go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. There you I think go. Casey Bailey, Luke Uva, everybody else, to go to Vegas. I happen to know a team that will soon have a opening at a winger spot once Matt Duchesne is finally <laughs> traded. <laughs> there there may be a place for Casey in Colorado. Ooh, Dennis Smirnov and Casey Bailey. Ooh. The Bailey bonds. <laughs> Nate McKinnon, Dennis beautiful. Smirnov, Casey Bailey, top line. That's oh not my. bad. 
You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, my Book it. Uh, well, I think that'll do it for tonight's episode. Uh, thanks for everyone who, for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps get our podcast in just a few more people's search engines a little bit faster. And if you're a Penn State hockey fan, which at this point I'm assuming you are, make sure you head over to our store at RoarLinesRoar.com and grab your very own ruining college hockey since 2012 shirt. Karen, Matt, do you have your own shirts? Do you have those? Oh, we certainly. Do. We do. Oh, lovely. Hopefully we'll be able to work something out. We'll do another big order for the Roar Zone. Hopefully more people want to jump in on that now that they've seen the beautiful, beautiful texture of those shirts in action. Yeah, are they oh. soft? Do you guys oh, think the shirts goodness. are soft? It's, it's oh, crazy. They're yeah, kind of no. soft shirts. That is so the first soft. thing Sam said when he opened the box. He's like, feel these shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they're light enough you can wear them in the summer, and they're, they're still dense enough you yeah. can wear them at a hockey game. Yeah. That's true. Oh, you know, we should, we should really probably make a sweatshirt for hockey. We should make hockey That would make jerseys. sense. Hockey jerseys, that would be oh, 100%. <laughs> we'll run it up the ladder. Possibilities are endless. Um, okay, well, glad to hear that you guys have your shirts. Hopefully, anybody else who's listening to this and needs their shirt, you'll hop on and get your own. Make sure to check out all of Doug's awesome, awesome content previewing the 2017-2018 season. You can find all of that at RoarLinesRoar.com, where you can find the rest of our staff and all of our content covering a variety of Penn State sports. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Instagram, um, occasionally Snapchat, and hopefully we'll get our MySpace page up and running sooner <laughs> rather than later. For myself, for Doug, for Kara, and for Matt, thanks for listening, and go State.